0: So this week, folks, we've got the partial release of some of the people on Jeffrey Epstein's client list. Although it is important to keep in mind that this is just a list of his associates. It doesn't mean that everybody on that list is somebody that was involved with what Epstein was doing. Nevertheless, two names appeared on that list and they happen to be two former presidents of the United States, both Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Uh, Neither man, by the way, again, for legal purposes, got to point this out. Neither of them was actually accused of uh, 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 any kind of criminal activity, I guess we should say. Although it was mentioned, worth noting, that President Bill Clinton was said to prefer his women on the younger side. That was mentioned in the document, so I'm mentioning it here. Again, he was not accused of any actual criminal wrongdoing trying to check all those legal boxes. Definitely don't want to get in trouble for saying anything incorrect. But here is something that is also very interesting about this Epstein list. The day it was released this week, you also had Jeffrey Epstein's younger brother, Mark Epstein, who made this comment to the media, which I felt was fairly newsworthy. He said, and this was a conversation he had with his brother. He said, here's a direct quote if I said what I know about both candidates, they'd have to cancel the election. That's what Jeffrey told me in 2016. 2016, of course, was the contest between Donald Trump on the Republican side and Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side. Now I'm willing to bet Jeffrey Epstein probably didn't actually have dirt on Hillary Clinton. Um, kind of, Kind of just seems counterintuitive that Hillary Clinton would be joined at the hip with Jeffrey Epstein, unless whatever dirt he may have had on her didn't have anything to do with what was going on on that island. However, this is a pretty bold statement. Now, Mark Epstein, of course, refused to expand upon that statement any further. He did not divulge any information that his brother may have told him about either Trump or the Clinton family, but that kind of seems important, right? Right. I mean, obviously Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton are done, hopefully running for office. So we don't really have to deal with political ramifications from those folks. On the other hand, Donald Trump is the Republican front runner right now. And is there information of his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein that the voters need to know about? I mean, let's forget the courts for a minute. I do think the courts need to know about this, but in a lot of these instances, right, the statute of limitations has expired. So we really are are not going to get any kind of, uh, uh, you know, legal ramifications for this stuff, but the voters on the other hand can still hold these people accountable. Now, Mark, the Epstein brother did not even say if his brother told him, these things that he has, this dirt that he has on these high level politicians. But if he has this information kind of seems like the type of thing you need to come forward with, right? This is information. It doesn't matter if it's on Trump or if it is on the Clinton family that is relevant to where the United States of America is right now. If we had former presidents and future presidents at the time, Donald Trump engaging in activities with underage girls, the public needs to be aware about that. The public needs to know these kinds of things. And that's why the release of this list is so important. But as usual, you got to take it, you know, uh, one step at a time. You cannot get mired in whether or not everybody on that list did in fact engage in activities with underage girls. Um, you know, it's a case by case basis. Some people just kind of there, right? Others definitely did it and those people need to be exposed. And if it's former presidents of the United States that have to be exposed, regardless of party affiliation, then so be it. But if Mark Epstein has this kind of information, now's the time to tell the public. The thing I love most about Donald Trump's lawyers is that every week. One of these lawyers outdoes a previous lawyer, sometimes even themselves, in saying some of the dumbest things you've ever heard a lawyer say in the history of the United States. This week, of course, that distinction goes to Christina Bob. Christina Bob went on Real America's Voice this week and accidentally may have implied that Donald Trump could be, in fact, guilty of an insurrection, but she says that's up for the voters to decide, not the courts. I'm going to read you her quote in a minute. Actually, let me just get it out of the way. Here is what Christina Bob said on Real America's Voice The president is elected by the entire nation, and it should be the entire nation who determines who they want for president, whether they're guilty of insurrection or not. It's up to the people. Whether they're guilty of insurrection or not, right? What's well, a little insurrection between voters and politicians, right? Um, so what she is implying, as I said, one is that, Hey, maybe he did it. Maybe he didn't. What am I? The guy's lawyer. Yeah, you are. You're supposed to be out there saying, no, he didn't do it. I don't care if you're not representing him in this specific, uh, you know, legal area as one of his other lawyers, you still have to be like, no, he didn't do it. He did not do what they say he did. Instead, you're like, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Ah, It's not for me to decide. It's also, as she says, not necessarily for the courts to decide. Now she didn't say it, but she implied it by saying it's for the voters to decide. No, actually, Christina, as somebody who went to law school, who passed the bar, who has, I'm assuming tried cases, you actually should understand that, no, this, this is literally something for the courts to decide, It is in the United States constitution, section three, article 14. I'm sure everybody knows that by heart by now. That's literally for the law to decide, not the voters. Here's why this clause was added to the United States constitution, right? Obviously it happened after the civil war, when we did have the country break apart into two separate countries for a bit. And they put that amendment in there along with several others, obviously, because they knew they had to bar these people from holding office, not because they thought, oh, don't worry. The voters are going to take care of them. In fact, it was the opposite. They knew that these people from these Southern states who did engage in insurrection by pulling out of the country and then waging war against it. That those people in those states still agreed with those politicians that would be running for office in the future. And we don't want those people running for office. We cannot trust the voters to make these decisions. So we have to put it in the law, in the Constitution itself, to prevent that from happening. The voters were not trusted in the 1860s. And the voters should not be trusted in the 2020s you know, 160 some odd years later, actually a little under 160, whatever. uh, It's the same situation. We have ill-informed voters. We have voters with ill intent who will put somebody up even if they came out and said, I engaged in an insurrection and I'll do it again. There's millions of people in this country who would say, yes, I will put that person in office. The 14th Amendment section three protects us from that, Christina. So no, it's not up for the voters to decide. It was put in our constitution itself because the voters could not be trusted. But thanks again for not necessarily denying that Trump engaged in an insurrection, just simply saying, maybe he did, maybe he didn't let's let the idiot voters decide. No, we took care of that over a century ago because voters cannot be trusted to make smart decisions. works erupted this week, folks, when a new report came out showing 100 members of Congress who miraculously managed to make a killing in the stock market in the year 2023 and getting returns well above average. And a lot of this was due to the fact that they were trading stocks based on legislation or issues that they had knowledge about. Now I'm not accusing everybody on this list of insider trading, But I am saying that it's a highly suspicious that these people who do have inside information were able to consistently beat the market with the returns they were getting on their investments. One of those people we talked about earlier in the week, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Another one, however, was Republican representative Dan Crenshaw, who used to of course be very vocal He used to be out there as much as green and gates and Bobert, but Crenshaw's kind of toned it down a little bit in the last year and a half, but he came out swinging this week after Fox news host, Jesse waters accused him of engaging in some sort of insider trading in order to again, beat the market. Here's what Jesse waters had to say. A lot of them investing in companies they had inside information on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what corruption looks like and that is why Congress still hasn't passed a ban on insider stock trade. Now, mark your calendars because it's the only time I'm ever going to say this. Jesse Waters is 100% correct. This is painful to say that, but he is right. I think this is something, this is an issue that really does transcend party lines. I mean, hell, Matt Gates of all people been one of the people pushing for a congressional ban on stocks. Like I agree with that. I like it. I'll team up with you any day of the week to push this. And Jesse waters is right to call these people out for being able to trade stocks based on knowledge that they have, that the public does not have. And the returns these people are getting on their investments are absolutely, I mean, that's exhibit a, if you were taking this to trial. Now this pissed off Dan Crenshaw, obviously. So Crenshaw in multiple posts on Instagram, by the way, had this to say. And uh, there's a language warning here. I'm going to censor where I can. Some of it I'm not. But just to show you how mad Dan Crenshaw is, here's what he said Hey, you effing hack. If you're going to accuse me of literal corruption, get your facts straight and man up and accuse me to my face. You're a effing clown desperate for clickbait. Starts off, you know, he's mad, he's dropping the F-bombs, he's getting profane with him. And then in another post, Crenshaw says this, I'm sitting here trying to feed my three-month-old and this dirtbag millionaire at Fox is accusing me of being a criminal with zero evidence. Stop watching these mediocre entertainers. Stop letting wealthy elitists like Jesse Waters claim to be fighting for you. They live in Manhattan and can't stand normal people in red states. They think you're stupid and feed you bullshit to rile you up. Okay. Listen, can't argue with Crenshaw's points there. These are millionaires at Fox news who go on the air every single day and pretend to actually care about the struggles and the strife of the average working person. They don't care. They live in like one of the most expensive cities on the planet and they're doing just fine. They wouldn't touch you. Well, we are just coming off the Christmas season. So with a 39 and a half foot pole, Crenshaw is right about that. Then in another post, (laughs) Crenshaw gets a little more personal with Jesse waters. He says, quote, yeah, he's such a conservative. He cheated on his wife and then left her with twins while he went off with another Fox producer. Jesse waters seems like the type of dude who pees sitting down. All right. I mean, that's where we went. So that's where we are. Crenshaw was later slated to go on Fox news and (laughs) explain himself. And then Fox abruptly canceled his appearance after his tirade against Jesse waters. Uh, no, no, no idea why they canceled him, but he's probably not going to be invited back on that network for a very long time. And I'm sorry, but the seems like a dude who pees sitting down is just, (laughs) why is that? Why are you even saying that? that has no bearing on your argument, but you're resorting to the personal attacks, which kind of shows us that you, you lost the argument. You're, You're like, I'm feeding my three month old and I'm being told I'm a criminal. Okay. You're trying to get some sympathy there. We all can tell what you're doing. It's, it's not cool, man. Like you gotta answer the questions in front of you. Jesse waters is right about this. You know, maybe he did have the affair. I'd, I'm not, I haven't paid attention to that. Uh, I don't care if he pees sitting down or standing up or on his head. Doesn't matter. Uh, what does matter, Dan, is the issue at hand. How did you beat the market consistently with all of your stock trades? That is a question that representative Crenshaw and at least 99 other people in Congress still have failed to answer. In an interview on Fox news this week, Donald Trump lawyer, and for some reason, woman who's always following him around everywhere he goes, Alina Habba confirmed reports that Donald Trump is in fact terrified of the United States Supreme court, because there is a part of him, at least according to Habba that believes that the Supreme court is going to rule against him on the issue of immunity possibly as Maggie Haberman with the New York times reported earlier this week, he's also concerned that they will rule against him on whether or not he can be on the ballots. But here is what Haba had to say. And I want you to listen closely to this because there's some ulterior motives happening here. Listen, you know, Republicans are conservative. They get nervous. They unfortunately are sometimes shy away from being pro-Trump because they feel that even if the law is on our side, they might be swayed much like the Democratic side, right? So sometimes they're trying to look so neutral that they make the wrong call. And I really encourage them to look at the law and look at the Constitution. It's just a simple decision and it should have nothing to do with whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. This is probably the most judicious I have ever actually heard Alina Habba being because she wasn't stupid, right? This is not a word salad. Now, okay, the part where she's like, "Republicans were conservative, we get nervous." That that's word salad. Like that makes no sense. Like, well, I I'm conservative so I conserve things, which makes me like what? That that was dumb. You shouldn't have led with it. You shouldn't have included it, honestly. But anyway, her weird choice of words at the beginning aside, the rest of it's actually kind of smart because what she is doing here and i'm assuming there's probably somebody smarter than her who explained to her how to do this um they're laying the groundwork for if the supreme court rules against trump it's not going to be because the law was against him oh no 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 it's because the supreme court was so zealous to not look like a bunch of conservative partisan hacks that oops, they made the wrong call just to appease the Democrats. So, you know, they didn't get attacked. The problem with this line of argument, and, and I'll give her credit because this will work with Trump's base. If the Supreme court rules against Donald Trump in either the immunity or the ballot access, it's gonna be in the minds of Trump supporters because they were overcautious and didn't want to appear partisan, not because the law was against him, but because they didn't want to be attacked by liberals, even though conservatives are the ones lobbying death threats at judges across the country right now. But what Habba did here is lay that groundwork and try to already downplay whatever ruling comes out of that Supreme court. So as I said, there's a fatal flaw in this. Because in order for this conspiracy to be true, you would have to have a court that has a history of giving a damn what the public thinks of them. And we can see by the fact that they have routinely, you know, not shown up for these congressional hearings (laughs) that the Democrats in the Senate have been trying to hold. We can already tell that uh, the Supreme Court doesn't care what anybody thinks of them at any point. If they did, they would have expelled Clarence Thomas. If they did, they wouldn't have allowed Amy Coney Barrett, to be confirmed in an election year because Mitch McConnell says we can't do that. They wouldn't have been okay with Neil Gorsuch being appointed because, you know, Mitch McConnell held up that seat that should have been filled by president Obama, but instead was filled by president Trump. This is a court that doesn't give a damn. I mean, hell, they also would have, uh, uh, sent, uh, uh, uh God, his name, uh, Kavanaugh, you know, packing before he even made it to the court by saying, Hey, listen, what he's accused of, we don't want that on our court. They don't care what people think of them. Therefore this conspiracy theory that, Oh, they're going to vote against him because they're worried about their public image. It's a total farce. This court has proven multiple times, just in the last 12 months, they don't care what people think of them. And therefore this argument from Haba is trash right out of the gate. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.